to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How's it going? It's going good. How's it going with you? Going good. Going good. Um, yeah, we had to uh, change the schedule slightly this week. I said we could either do Saturday or Thursday because we usually record and post or publish whatever on Friday. But it's my dad's birthday tomorrow and we're going out for... Um, a nice, um, you know, meal and stuff with, with some of his and our, or, you know, fr- friends of the family, that type of stuff. Yeah, uh, and uh, I'm going to be out of town Saturday, and Sunday is Mother's Day, so. Ah, right. Yeah, you have different, you have that at different dates, don't you? Yeah. Like Mother's and Father's Day and stuff. Um, but then you also have, like, 4th of July and Independence Day, uh, uh, Thanksgiving, and a bunch of other stuff, so. Yeah, you have like six things in the year, or like more than that, probably. I don't know. There's a lot yeah. of events. All there's a lot of events all year round. Um, so yeah, basically decide. Yeah, um, record today instead of tomorrow, uh, because I'll either be too tired or whatever, or it'll be too late by the time I get back, and I can't do it before I get there because there will be no time for that. So, uh, anyway, recording today. Um, anyway, in between then and last week and whatever else, what have you been playing? Uh, well, I noticed that the sequel to Darkest Dungeon had been released on Steam, and so I downloaded the original game, which I still had. I've been trying to give it another run. Uh, for those people that don't remember, Darkest Dungeon is kind of a a hybrid of an RPG and a roguelike. Basically, you take over a village and you do forays into various dungeons for you know gold and things like that, to build up your town. Um, the problem with the game that I've always had, and they really don't have a way of fixing it, is, well, first off, when you're in the dungeon, you can't use your skills to heal up. The only healing you can do is within combat, which uh, <clears throat> makes the combat a lot harder than it needs to be. And then you've got the skill creep, the level creep, which... Um, makes it harder because then you're always running out of gold to upgrade your characters to make them be able to actually fight in the in the dungeons because once they get past a certain level they won't go into certain level dungeons so you can't take like level sixes and run them through a level one dungeon uh they the game will literally not let you do that but the biggest thing is is that because it's a very gothic horror themed game Mm -hmm. everybody has a sanity meter and it is a bear trying to keep your characters in a low sanity because if their insanity gets too high, they flip out and start doing things you don't want them to do. Oh, all right. What did you say this game was called again? It's called Darkest Dungeon. Okay. And the sequel to it just came out like literally this week, which is what prompted me to re-download that. Okay. Um, in between that, I've been uh, trying the new update they did for Stranded Alien Dawn and a little bit of Alheim. Cool, nice. Um, for me, like I said, uh, it was it last week? Finished Dead Space. We have an email about that later, which I've deliberately put as the last thing to talk about, so we can end on a nice note. Um, tried Resident Evil Four. Um, it, it, this is one of them situations, and I have a um, how would I how would I describe my relationship with Resident Evil? Wonky. This <laughs> may be how I would describe that. Um, it's a, it's a zombie series that I've never quite understood, but never sort of hated. It It's just in the... 
it's in this weird wheelhouse, and I'm talking about the entire franchise, in this weird warehouse where it, to, to me, it should make more sense than it does, but it doesn't attempt to make more sense than it does, but it also tries to be silly, but also tries to be just slightly too serious at points for me to figure out how I'm supposed to feel about certain parts of it. So take take that for what you are. So it's a very it's a very interesting, weird, silly but fun franchise. Um so I started Resident Evil 4, <clears throat> a remake or um remake four, whatever you'd call it. I got to that chapter three and I put it on assisted because I, I think I've always played Resident Evil games on easy just because I don't want to have I don't mind a challenge in certain games but I remember when I played one of the Resident Evil games, even just on normal, and I just, I don't find the challenge of certain Resident Evil games to be fun or interesting. And, you know, I played the, the I think there's the Chainsaw demo, I think I even put a clip of that on our YouTube channel. Um, and I thought, oh, that, that, was, that was quite good, there's some new, like, interesting game mechanics and stuff like that. From a base kind of, is it good, is it bad, it's a very good video game. Um... I haven't really heard many problems about it. In fact, the people that have loved it have really, really loved it. Like we mentioned last week, uh, Sphere Hunter. She's like a Resident Evil and horror sort of YouTube person. Um, and though that that group of people, which does not include me, the the group of it, the, the group of people around that game who are very passionate about it and understand it. I don't know how they understand it, but they do, and that's that's cool. Um, really love this game, and that's great. But this is just one of them situations. I, I was thinking. Like, how would I compare this to a situation you've described? I wouldn't quite say this is sort of The Witcher. Because uh, how you've described The Witcher before is you recognise it as a good game and that, but it just it, it just wasn't for you. It just wasn't doesn't, doesn't click for you, and that's, that's totally fine. It wasn't really that, because the game kind of half clicked for me. But I didn't really care about anything that was happening. And I sort of paused myself... And Kadikaris, who's already done or is doing um, a Let's Play thing for it, and he has his fiance on the on the mic and stuff, and they're really good back and forth banter. And I, I started watching more and more of them. Or oh, he plays it; she's kind of in the background, but she chimes in and stuff. That is just a more fun experience than just me just me playing it on my own. Like I wasn't getting anything out of that experience, and I thought, do I want to play this for another six to? roughly 10 hours and I didn't so I'm no longer playing the game and it's not because I think the game's bad it's not because I think like oh it's it's boring or anything like that it's just I don't feel the the drive to I didn't feel the drive to keep going forward with it um I think some of the new gameplay mechanics or from what I understand the the gameplay mechanics that are new I think they're very good I think the game's very you know good functionally there's some good stuff in there um so yeah nothing nothing against the game it's great it you know functionally and you know all that kind of stuff really good i just didn't care to keep going with it and i have what what i would consider for, for my own experience of the game a more entertaining version which is watching kedikurus on youtube play through it which is what i've been spending most of my time doing um so yeah that's that's kind of my um thoughts on on that uh, what, what do you think of what you've like seen or anything of resident evil 4 remake yeah, I I haven't played the game. I have seen a lot of people stream it. Um, the one thing that seems to be consistent is that it's either a love 
or a hate with the game. And a lot of that revolves around the Ashley character. Because mm. a good chunk of the game is basically an escort quest. Yeah. Um, with that character. And they get really annoyed with that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where, where I've got up to with watching, I'll call him Caddy is his short name, is about chapter six or no, is it eight? Seven or eight or something like that. Um, he was in this big castle and that type of stuff. So, but I've I've enjoyed watching them play it more than I was playing it solo. So I just decided to have. So I will still get to experience Resident Evil Four and see what the fuss is about. Um, to go to a long-standing uh, point of debate as to okay, which Resident Evil game is the best one? And Four has been the one that's come up for most people's answers that I've heard from. Um, and okay, I didn't finish and play all of Resident Evil 4, so take my answer for what you will. I have now played, so, a quarter or so of, of 4, however much that would have been. I've played 2 remake, 3 remake, played about an hour of Resident Evil 0, whatever that was. Um, I played 5, for, for some reason I finished that game, I, don't, I still don't know why I finished that game, but I did. And I've played some of 7, but I didn't like where it was going, and I've seen... A bunch of eight. I would say out of all those, I think two is the best. I like the structure of two as well. Um, I think it's got the best structure to it. In terms of being in the police station, going back and forth through different areas, I think Mr. X is more interesting than Nemesis. Um, so that's that's my verdict on that. So uh, other little things I've played, because I'm basically waiting to be sent my next game now. Um, I did uh, get a bonus rental of FIFA 23, just because I was curious to try it. Played one game, um, you know, the muscle memory of that game is not there because it does control a little bit differently. Seemed alright, but my, my I was just, you know, dipping into it for one game. But that was cool. It's the first FIFA game where Tenag has been on there as a main night manager, so that that was cool. Um, played about two hours or so yesterday of Fall Guys, the Season 4 update came out. No, not Season 4, the, the newest season. Um, that's a good game. Fall Guys is a very good game. It can be a little bit frustrating when you don't win, obviously, but I've got myself three crowns so far. I uh, didn't win any yesterday. I got them from when I played before. But that's a good game, and it's free to play and all that kind of stuff. You don't need PS Plus. So that would be a game I'll try to um, appreciate more and dip into a little bit more as well. So uh, they've got some new... Well, I, I guess you would call them maps. They've got some new maps and stuff, which look kind of interesting. A few different like mechanics and stuff. Uh, but still keeps it same, you know, simple, good gameplay. So... Um, I remember. I remember we did a full guys let's play a couple couple of years ago. Uh, probably mm -hmm. even like pre-COVID. I I think. Um, I don't remember COVID being a thing when we played. So, 2019 or previously to that. So, um, that was pretty good. Uh, so yeah. Um, the two games I'd kind of want to play right now is either Zelda, which is obviously out tomorrow. Um, I almost keep saying Breath of the Wild too, but it's called Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, which is getting rave reviews today. Um, I haven't put anything about that in my notes, but I've been getting good reviews. Uh, so we got that. Um, and then obviously Star Wars has come out. Hopefully, if hopefully when I get around to playing Star Wars, the new one, uh, the game will be appropriately patched because it sounds like people have had some issues. Um, and then if or when Redfall gets sent to me, I'll play that out of pure curiosity. So. Uh, those are my plans going forward. Anyway, that's what we've got for uh, what we've been playing. Let's uh, take a break. We'll come back and we'll go through some housekeeping. And then some uh, quite fresh and quite big news. So, uh, yeah, stick around for that. See you in a minute. 
Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK. That's E-T-A-L-K-U-K to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes, whether you're on a podcast player or the website. Uh, version of the episode and you can go and click on that link in the show notes that's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well so you can either copy and paste the promo code etalkuk etalkuk you can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20 percent off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscapes quality thanks very much to manscape for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening hi there if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name we've got good news for you with our affiliate link with kualu you can click on that link which is in your show notes which is for our affiliate link you can go over to kualu to get started with your website and domain name today they've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's kualu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to kualu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcast that we make in the month that you're subscribed for if you also subscribe to us at the ten dollar level tier that will get you that benefit that i've just mentioned and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a tv show and a general discussion on that show or a film review of your choice so if you if there's a tv show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it we can watch two episodes of that tv show or film review so it's one of either of those per month of course if you continue subscribing each month you can pick a tv show then a film the next month and so on and so forth this is a great way to support entertainment talk get your ad free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening back to the show Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, um, Ted Lasso is continuing, I did a podcast, when was that, yesterday technically, uh, season 3 episode 9, we've got just 10, 11, 12, yeah, 3 episodes left for the series, as the final season, uh, and that's been very, very good so far, so that's for Ted Lasso, the American coach on Apple TV, um, <clears throat> on Sunday, uh, Man United unfortunately lost 1-0 to West Ham. Uh, we don't play midweek this week because we're not in the Europa League anymore. Uh, the next game is Saturday 3 o'clock against Wolves and then Chelsea next week Thursday. So uh, there's all that. But we've only got about four games left of the season. And then of course the big FA Cup final against Manchester City on the 3rd of June I think that is. Uh, must play review for Dead Space. Um, I can't remember if I'd recorded or posted or what before we did last week's episode but um, fresh from last week I uh, did a strong must play review for Dead Space the 2023 remake. If you've not played the game there is a spoiler free section at the start so there's that. 
Uh, gaming talk from last week, we talked about the Forspoken DLC and the Gran Turismo trailers. So Forspoken got a new trailer for its DLC and a new Gran Turismo trailer. This is for the film adaption coming up, which is starring Orlando Bloom and uh, David Harbour. So that looks quite cool. And we also talked about Redfall, because who wasn't talking about Redfall last week? Everybody was. Um, so there was that. Uh, got chat podcast. Sorry, chat podcast uh, for April 2023. So the newest version of that. I talked about the situation with Dylan uh, Mulvaney. Um, I talked about our seventh anniversary for entertainment talk, and also uh, my experience of doing interviews slash talking podcasts with you know people who've worked on games and films and that sort of stuff uh did a don't skip review for ghosted which is uh, one of the newest films on apple tv plus got anna diamas and chris evans in there so that was cool um and yeah that's what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms let's jump into some news So, um, got a bit of a, that, well, the whole breakdown thing I want to do for this. Some news came out fresh from a couple of days ago, and a lot of news related to it came out just as, as of a few hours ago as well. So, concerning Call of Duty for 2023. As we talked about a few weeks ago, whenever it was, um, Activision had said or announced that... Um, the court, the 2023 version of Call of Duty uh, was no longer going to be an extension. Uh, they didn't. They never really said DLC, but extension of Modern Warfare 2. Modern Warfare 2 is the newest Call of Duty game, which is from 2022. Um, I'm just trying to sort of remember and recap everything because it's such a weird situation. Um, so that was announced. That okay. Um, that then changed very recently when they said that. COD 2023, so this year's Call of Duty, so November typically, would be a new full premium release. That was all we knew at the time. Developed even further from that, um, as of a few days ago, they said that um, Treyarch is developing that game. So, like, bit by bit, we've had news of, like, okay, that's no longer an extension of Modern Warfare 2. Now it's developed by Treyarch, and everyone thought, oh, Treyarch is making it. Won't have nothing to do with Modern Warfare 2. Or Modern Warfare. Turns out it does. Um, so the official news we have for today is Call of Duty 2023 is going to be Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Um, I don't know what the hell's going on anymore with this franchise. Uh, it also have Zombies, which will be called Outbreak 2.0. Now, I don't remember Outbreak 2.1, because I think that was a game mode in one of the Black Ops games or Cold War, or so, one of the ones that I didn't play. Outbreak 1.0 was basically a new version of Zombies, and apparently nobody liked it. Now, when Zombies first came into Call of Duty, there's the zombie horde mode, where you could play with your friends and that kind of stuff, was for Call of Duty World at War. That game came out in 2008. Um, so this is like a new version of it. People didn't like it, but they're doing a 2.0 version of it because, you know, reasons. Um, 
one of the reasons this is kind of shocking and sort of like what the hell's going on is uh, and I'm going I'm to go through a quick yearly breakdown of each Call of Duty release since the first one. Apart from the first three games, which were called Call of Duty 1, 2, and 3, this has never happened before in terms of, like, a so-and-so title and then a sequel the direct year after. As I've mentioned before a few times and other people have, uh, it might not seem like it does, but Call of Duty works in three-year cycles. At least it used to. It doesn't seem like that's going to be the case anymore. So it would be the case of you'd have a Black Ops game, then a Modern Warfare game, then an Infinite Warfare, then back to Modern Warfare, then you'd cycle you'd cycle through them, then you'd eventually end up at Black Ops 2, and then you'd go to Ghosts or something, and then you'd end up at Black Ops 3, etc, etc. So, um, yeah. So from 2019, 2022, and 2023 is Modern Warfare 1, 2, and 3. Um, so let me go through... Um, the thing I've got here, I'm going to give this a quick breakdown. So in 2003 was when Call of Duty came out. It was just called Call of Duty. It was in uh, Infinity Ward. Then Call of Duty 2 was Infinity Ward. That was in 2005, so a two-year gap. Then the year after um, was uh, Call of Duty 3. So a one-year gap with a direct sequel, but that was a bit of a different time. That was on the PS2, PS3 sort of era. Um... Then, when this changed, was 2000... So, Call of, Duty Modern, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, which I don't think has anything to do with the three previous games, because those were all World War 1 or 2 games. 2007, that was Infinity Ward. Call of Duty World at War, which was a, well, World War 1 or 2 game. 2008, that was Treyarch. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 was 2009, that was Infinity Ward. Uh, and then Call of Duty Black Ops. So, this is where you'll start to see the rotation happen a little bit more. So, you go... Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, then World at War, then Modern Warfare 2, uh, so that was 2009. 2010's Black Ops, which was Treyarch. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, 2011 Infinity Ward. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, so circling back around to Black Ops, back to Treyarch. You see how they, they were like, you know, essentially exchanging back and forth. This was still 10 plus years ago. Call of Duty Ghosts, uh, which launched sort of the new Xbox One and everything uh, in Infinity Ward. Then Sledgehammer came a bit more into the fold. Uh, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare 2014, uh, which was Sledgehammer Games, then Black Ops 3 2015 with Treyarch, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare 2016 Infinity Ward, Call of Duty World War 2 uh, 2017 Sledgehammer Games, Black Ops 4 2018. So you see, it's, it, it is year after year, but they're, they're you know, changing the series and changing the, the devs because that's how the dev cycle worked. Uh, so Call of Duty Black Ops 4 2018, Treyarch, um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, it was just called Cold Modern Warfare, which is 2019 Infinity Ward, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, um, so circling back round to Black Ops, but doing a different thing with it, 2020, um, Treyarch, and then Sledgehammer Games with Vanguard in 2021, and then last year, Modern Warfare 2 2022 Infinity Ward. So naturally you would look at that and think, okay, next year's a Cold War or like World War game or something, and it would be either Treyarch or Sledgehammer. Um, why this whole thing is so weird about um, COD 2023 is Modern Warfare has always been Infinity Ward series, always. All the way back since 2007, it's been Infinity Ward's darling, if you want to call it that. So in terms of, okay, how is Treyarch going to go from, you know, 
the these these other series of games, whether it be World War something something or Vanguard or Black Ops. Um, go from that to Modern Warfare, which is a completely different like, not a different genre, but a different time period. I also wonder how Infinity Ward feels about that as well. Um, it's it's just quite remarkable to me how within within around about a year, because about this time last year, because I think uh, if you can quickly look up for me, when when did the news first come out that Activision were going to get bought by Microsoft? Because that's when this conversation started to change. That's been like two years almost. Two years, okay. Um, <clears throat> right. I'm, I'm just trying to sort of remember and recap everything here. Um, so yeah. Uh, a sequel of the year after, but from a different dev. The the, the thing is, because this wasn't like, oh, they woke up today and said, hey, by the way, Infinity Ward, you're making COD and it's coming out in like six months. <laughs> like that. Obviously, this been game. This bit game's been in development for at least a couple of years, at least one or two years. You you would say, based on how the cycle I've just read out goes. Um. So. Essentially, it's been like kept secret almost for let's say eighteen months to two years, give or take. The Infinity Ward wasn't doing Modern Warfare Three, because um, if you go like, by campaign, the two thousand seven, eight, and nine—no, no, sorry, not seven, eight, and nine—the two thousand seven Modern Warfare, which was then followed up by two and three, was like the In- Infinity War trilogy, and. The 2019 Modern Warfare 1, followed up by last year's Modern Warfare 2, was was it has always been Infinity Ward. So I don't know what this means for last year's game, which is still being supported now and still being updated. It, it just had its um, which season is it? Season uh, mid season three update last week. But this is like really weird and strange and kind of unprecedented. That because <clears throat> apart from the original games, that they base COD basically hasn't done this ever since at least 2007. So what's that? Sixteen years? Yeah. Um. Yeah. This this is just like uh, my my. I haven't fully sort of like analysed this or what because this only this news only came out a couple of hours ago. Um. Because up until a few hours ago, I was of we was all of the thought that um. Okay, there will be a new COD game this year, which even wasn't what we anticipated, but everyone thought it'd be. Okay, it'll be developed by Treyarch, but it won't be... It'll just be another COD or a Vanguard or uh, whatever. So, this is really strange. Because not only have you changed devs for a series... Um, which isn't the, which isn't the reboot, quote-unquote, that you'd call it, of 19's Modern Warfare. This is, this is a sequel to Modern Warfare 2 from last year. Um, that's just weird. It, it, this whole situation just feels really weird. And I don't really know what the hell's going on and how this decision was, was made... But the thing is, when they said last year, not only will there not be a COD game this year, and then slowly like, oh, there will be a little something, but it will be an extension of Modern Warfare 2, this game would have already been in development, because it would have had to have been, that's that's how COD works, unless you're somehow making a COD game very quickly from change plans in like just about under 18 months which doesn't happen um so this is this whole situation is really strange to me so i i I don't really know quite what to think um robert i know you're a bit more on the outside on this um whole cod situation but what do you think of sort of the because this is quite a different change what what do you think of kind of what's going on here yeah you say all that and i'm literally just 
Charlie Brown listening to adults speak on um honestly the only thing the only thought that I had was this kind of reminded me of the nonsense back of in my university days of Street Fighter. And when I say Street Fighter in 1991 they they released the arcade cabinet game Street Fighter 2 World Warrior. Uh, the next year, they released Street Fighter II Championship Edition. The next year, they released Street Fighter II Hyper Fighting. The next year, they released Super Street Fighter II New Challengers. The next year, they released Super Street Fighter II Turbo. A couple years after that, they released Hyper Street Fighter II Anniversary Edition. A couple years after that, they released Super Street Fighter II Turbo HD Remix. And then a couple <laughs> years after that, they released Ultra Street Fighter II Final challengers, and it's literally just the same game with new characters, and that's all that COD stuff means to me. It's just the same thing with a new coat of paint. Mm. Yeah, no, I understand your perspective on that, but I just don't understand. Like the situation that was announced today is completely different to what was announced a year ago, but this game would have already been in development a year ago because it would have it would have had to have been. But, like, the, the, the only way that this makes sense to me is... Because, I mean, we, we knew that, okay, if you're going to do Modern Warfare again, you're probably going to do Modern Warfare 1, 2, and 3. You're, pro you're probably doing it as a trilogy. And even before Modern Warfare 2 came out, it was, okay, you're probably going to do Modern Warfare 3. That's just, that's just kind of a given. But not the year after. I... The only way this makes sense. The only way this makes sense to me, which I still don't like this, what, what I'm about to say, but it's the only way it makes sense, is Infinity Ward was working on Modern Warfare 3 a year ago, but wasn't going to be ready for next year, which is where they said about the whole, oh, we're going to do some. It, it was never explained what it was going to be. This sort of extension. It wasn't just going to be, oh, a few maps and some and some DLC. They said, like expansion was one of the words that was used. Um, because we've had COD games in the past that have had like, oh, here's a new season's map pack. Like, that, that wasn't what this was apparently going to be. Um, I wonder if at some point within the last year this got handed off to Treyarch. I don't know why that would have been. But even if that's the case... Um, I, I just wonder if you, if you go back, let's say, two years, when Modern, War when Modern Warfare 2's reveal was sort of gearing up... What was the original plan? Because this this plan had to have changed at some point. It just doesn't make sense otherwise. What was originally planned to happen after Modern Warfare 2? Because I'm pretty sure there was supposed to be some sort of Black Ops game or something. But just like the situation that's been announced a few hours ago to the one that we heard about just a year ago is so, so different. And it's just... Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't make more sense of it than that. Even as somebody who's been following this franchise for, for a long time. Um, it's all very strange. It's all very, very strange. But that's that's all I can give you for, for now. I'm sure we'll learn more about this soon. Uh, the other bits of info I heard was uh, supposed to be a November date for, for the release for the game. And it's going to be revealed in August. Um, they used to reveal COD games in May. And they don't seem to do that anymore either. So anyway, that's what we've got for you for the... Uh, cod side of things this week and even even i'm confused about it now <laughs> so take that for what you will uh anyway let's move on to some uh some nice news not that that wasn't nice it was just more confusing than anything else 
Um, you may have heard of The Last of Us. It was on TV this year, the adaption of the Naughty Dog video game. And there's two games, one of which is a sequel. Uh, and there's also the Left Behind DLC. Uh, so this news came out last week, but we had a bit too much news, so I'm putting it in this week instead. Naughty Dogs, uh, this is from PushSquare.com, by the way. Uh, Naughty Dogs, Seminole, Survivor, Horror, The Last of Us, uh, has been inducted, I think that's the right word, into um, the World Video Game Hall of Fame. And it says here, another acolyte, accolade, sorry, uh, under the belt. Uh, Naughty Dog was already um, an award-winning studio, many times over in fact, but Sony's shiniest uh, first-party studio has another feather to put in its proverbial cap. Uh, the Last of Us has officially been inducted into the Video Game Hall of Fame. A previous titled Honored have uh, included Age of Empires, Angry Birds, and Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, the game we were just one of the games we were just speaking about from 2007. Uh, from their contributors to the industry, other titles in the class of um, sorry, in the class of 2023 include 1971's Computer Space. Uh, 1996's Barbie fashion designer and 2006's Wii Sports, which I think was quite a revelation at the time. Um, Halloween Company, Hallowed Company indeed. Um, the Video Game Hall of Fame was established in 2015 to recognise individual electronic games of all types that have enjoyed popularity over sustained periods um, and have exerted influence on the video game in industry or on popular culture. Um, and are great, and are doing great work in um, chronicling um, the history of our medium. Besides, uh, The Last of Us obviously deserves a spot in history books, but there, are, of course, uh, there are other first-party titles. Sorry, but are there other first-party titles you think deserve recognition? Let us know in the comments below. It says, um, so yeah, congratulations to Naughty Dog um, for another another award. Uh, we know that Last of Us itself is very award-winning. I wouldn't be surprised if the show and or some of the actors and other bits and pieces of the show were Emmy nominated. I think they picked up um, I think it was an MTV award. There's always award things going on but uh, obviously... The, yeah, I think the... there's an award tonight here in the States. Oh, cool. Um, but obviously the Emmys is the, the big one that you want. Because, um, yeah, one Game of the Year Last of Us Part 2 in 2020. I believe the 2013 game won Game of the Year that year as well. I know Ashley Johnson won Best Performance as Ellie in 2013. Uh, Laura Bailey won it in 2020 for Performance as Abby. Uh, the show, I think, will probably go... Well, it has already won a few things. Uh, obviously, it had its nine-episode season run. be back in, hopefully, 2025-ish. Um, yeah, this this is just really nice and really great. As a big fan of the series as well. Um, it's nice to see more accolades going towards this. I either forgot or didn't remember or didn't know or whatever um, that, like... I know there's like you know Guinness World Records books and other things like that as well. Um, that this was kind of a like the the Hall of Fame was was kind of a thing. Um, it's interesting going through. Let me just make my screen a bit brighter. Actually, there we go. Um, yeah, the one that the other one that stands out here is uh, Wii Sports, which you know that got your your grandmother and your grandfather um, involved if 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 you had those or like yeah the the elderly folks. Um, I think it was even put into certain. Um, at least maybe here in the UK and into certain um, like retire I think you call them retirement homes or you know um, mm -hmm. that type of stuff so so that the elderly had more options of things to do because um, it was a kind of a nice game like that um, yeah this 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 is good it's also good to see a Call of Duty game in here um, I think 
I think if I, if I remember correctly, back in 2007 and 8, I don't know how this was allowed to happen, but I'm pretty sure that it did. So, I remember Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare winning the 2007 Game of the Year, and I think it won in 2008 as well, which wouldn't happen nowadays. I mean, if you look at, uh, what was Game of uh, Elden Ring, wasn't it, last year? Um, if you look at, let's say, because the main mm-hmm. thing we got now is like Jeff Keighley's Game Awards, right? And you get, what, five or six nominations for the Game of the Year, and that game wins the Game of the Year for that year, and then that's it. Um... I don't remember another game doing that or being allowed to to do that because of course you've got to be nominated. But because um, in this day and age you wouldn't you wouldn't you're not going to see this year. Uh, let's say oh Eld- Elden Ring's a game of the year nominee nominee for 2023 like because it just doesn't work like that anymore. So um, that's if I'm remembering correctly from all the way back in 2008. But I think I remember it winning game of the year twice in a row somehow. Um, anyway, what do you think of all these awards and good things going on? Yeah, I mean it's always cool to get recognition for all your hard work. Um, things like Game of the Year, um, Hall of Fame, things like that, that's always going to be a debated topic. That's like mm-hmm. the debate that always goes on of a which pro athlete in this sport would still be competitive in today's era or which action movie star could beat up which other action movie star. I mean, those are always just fun things that you can talk about. But, mm. you know, when you do work, it's always good to get recognized for it. Definitely, yeah. Um, one funny example of uh, something you just mentioned. Remember last season, Liverpool were on the verge of doing the quadruple, which would have been Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup, Carabao Cup. They only won two of the four, so they didn't do it. Um, the high, let's say high standard of an English uh, team season is 1999's May Night Treble, which is Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup. And whenever any team gets close to it, like now Man City are, are close to winning the treble, hopefully they don't, um, the conversation always gets brought up again of like, oh, in terms of sort of, you know, the biggest achievements and stuff in, you know, Premier League and, and whatnot, um, which team's better than which team? And, you know, Arsenal's Invincibles always get brought up because they won the league undefeated, which is a big achievement, but then it's sort of like, how does that compare to the treble, which no nobody's ever done before? Um, so, um, and then you you always get these things brought up of like, oh, Liverpool's team from 20, 2020 when they won the league. What was that like compared to Fergie's team in 99 and all this kind of stuff? Um, those are interesting conversations. So, um, yeah. But, I mean, in terms of, so the three that stick out, which is Last of Us, uh, Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, and Wii Sports, are all completely different. All have completely different reasons for being good games. Like you can't really compare any of those, especially you know Wii Sports to the other two, because um, one's a third-person survival horror horror-ish sort of action game. One's a sports game, and one is a, a first-person shooter. So, um, but no, awards are cool and stuff. This is another thing to add to Naughty Dogs. You know, awards. I was gonna say resume, but it's not really the same thing. So, um, yeah, congratulations to the team over there. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up. Um, is and it, it, I, I saw some gameplay of this a few weeks ago, and I think I briefly mentioned it, but I want to bring it up this week. Um, I'm, I'm gonna say what we're gonna talk about here, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you first before I talk about it. What have you seen, and what do you think of this Golem game that's that's coming out? Honestly, I've seen very very little of it. It's uh, not popped up in any of my feeds on the video mm-hmm. sites that I watch as an advert. Um. I haven't really researched it all because along with Harry Potter, I'm not the biggest Lord of the Rings fan. I mean, I respect mm-hmm. 
the history of it. I respect uh, Peter Jackson's movies version of it. I think the the Hobbit movies were kind of hit or miss depending on what you which parts are you watching. Too long. Um, but it's just not <laughs> the biggest part of my gaming life, so it never really comes into play. Okay. I was wondering if you've seen like have you seen any trailers for it or any gameplay or like anything I for think it? I've seen a trailer, but I couldn't remember it if I did. Um, so essentially it's cause I saw, um, and this wasn't really like shown off. It just kind of popped up in my YouTube feed, which was about, um, well, I saw about 15 minutes of it. It was longer than that of some Gollum gameplay. Of course, Gollum, the, uh, particular character from the Lord of the Rings films. Um, was he in the Hobbit trilogy? I don't actually remember anything about those films. Was Gollum in I those? I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't tell you either. So, um, I know that there was the big snake dragon thing in 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 one scene smog it was called desolation of smog um ah. and it had hobbits in it that's that's what mm. that's what i remember about that i think i watched one and a half of those films maybe so uh but yeah Gollum, the more known character um has got a game coming out very very soon and essentially you it's a stealth focused stealth based game where you got a third person game going on you climb around as him you throw stones and stuff. I mean, Gollum doesn't really have any, you know, equipment. Um, it was interesting watching gameplay for this as well, because I, I was looking at this game, and I was thinking, can I think of any games that are similar to this? In terms of, okay, who you're playing as, what you are able to use, what kind of world you're in. The thing that ke- The only thing that came to mind was Abe, because if you look at what they wear and what they have on them, like from a that sort of point of view, not in terms of who the characters are, Abe and Gollum are very, very similar. They both walk around bare feet but with shorts on um, and try their luck in terms of just, you know, being sneaky and that kind of stuff. The only difference with Abe, he's got his chanting thing that he can do which takes takes control of slegs and eventually other things. I don't think Gollum can can do that. I know Gollum's got the whole thing with the ring, but he doesn't have the ring on him all the time. Um, and I've seen Old World Soulstorm, uh, which is one of the Abe games. You can sort of like search lockers and like put you know elastic bands and paper and batteries and stuff. Like you can craft things to throw and stuff like that. But for the most point, it's stealthy and you're and you're running around. So there there are similarities between this and the Abe games, uh, just in terms of those basic elements. Um, but, because the thing is, okay, like, would would it be interesting to play a game as a, as a slig in in the Abe, old, world, old World sort of world? Yes and no. I mean, the only difference is that they are the, the enemies, whereas you, you want to play as Abe because he's the hero who's saving the day. Whereas, um, you look at the Lord of the Rings world, and you've got, obviously, like, Aaron... Um, Aragon and Gimli and Legolas, like all these characters that have, can do more interesting things. And one of the comparisons I saw was, okay, Harry Potter fans get Hogwarts Legacy, which is this game where you can customize yourself, make you know your character who you want, and learn all these spells and do this stuff. And it's disconnected from the films. And it's like this full RPG where you walk around the open world and learn stuff, and it's really co- really cool. Whereas what they came up with in this is instead of instead of you having like oh do you want to be an elf or do you want to be whatever and do you want to have a bow and arrow or a sword or you know a shield and you know that kind of stuff they have a golem game coming out 
um, who you can't customize because it's established a character. Maybe you can change the color of his shorts or something. I, I don't know, but um, and I watched about fifteen minutes of this gameplay. And I was like, okay, I don't really understand why this was the choice that was like. If you want to put Gollum in a Lord of the Rings game, that that's fine. Um, like it'd be it'd be more interesting to play a game where you play as Grogu, in you know, because that would be somewhat stealth, and you you'd be playing as a little kind of person that, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but even someone like Grogu has much got much more going on for him than what uh, Gollum has. Um, so yeah, we'll see what this game's like when it comes out. It might be better than we're thinking. But um, the other the other thing someone said. I know you don't really watch uh, PlayStation Access, but over on Access, Rob does a very, very good Gollum impression. I remember when one of the trailers came out, which gave you a little bit more dialogue from Gollum, said, oh, why didn't they just hire um, Robert from PlayStation Access, which would have been a very good choice. I don't know how long he can keep that voice going for, because he does it as like a you know quick impression, like funny thing and that. Um, and Robert's also not like a voice actor and stuff, but... Uh, yeah, that would have been an interesting choice if they if they did that, but um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll the, what, the thing with this right. game that's going to be interesting is that, from what I remember from reading the books back in the day, is Gollum as a character, a lot of it is internalized emotions with various other things, and that's going to be really difficult to translate to a game. Yeah, yeah. Now, I get what you mean with that, but like, how do you make the gameplay interesting with with that? Um, I know that he's got his internal struggle going on, and a- Andy Circus does a really good job with that in in the films. But I don't know how that translates well to a video game where you're going through and stuff. So I don't know. Anyway, that's what I've got for this week, Robert. How about yourself? What do you want to talk about? Uh, well, first up, the Unity company that makes the Unity game engine. Uh, we talked about them. It was either last week or the week th- before about them seriously laying off people and downsizing. Downsizing. Well, they decided to really piss people off this week. So Miranda Dew was a senior partner relations manager at Unity. Um, made a remark on Twitter on May 8th saying, a Unity executive just shared that they rent a secondary apartment in San Francisco to make it easier to be in the office and suggested that we should all do this to make it easier to return to office. This company has completely lost it Completely out of touch. Now, before I go on, for context, and especially for our UK fans, they have no concept of how expensive California is in general and San Francisco is in particular. Uh, So I was able to pull up a website uh, to calculate cost of living, and they averaged out apartments costs with apartmentlist.com, rent.com, and apartments.com. As of November 22nd, of no, no, I'm sorry, November 2022, the average rent for a studio apartment in San Francisco ranges from $2,486 a month to $3,164 per month. That's a studio apartment. A one-bedroom is $2,896 a month, to $3,573 a month. A two-bedroom is $4,484 per month to $4,713 per month, with a three-bedroom topping off at $5,427 a month. 
really let those numbers kind of bounce around in your head. Mm. And that's just rent. That's not food, utilities, transportation, anything else. That's strictly having a roof over your head. That's just so you can be in the, yeah. That's so, so you can be in one of the, the top three crime cities in America. Um, Miranda do followed up three hours later stating, I just got fired on my one year anniversary. The firing also occurred less than a month before. Unity employees received company benefits like stock options and retirement funds for contractually fulfilling a term of employment. So that further pissed people off. Um, a former employee, Shania Moon, uh, tweeted at them saying, leadership should be ashamed of yourselves. Your return to office policy is a transparent push to get people to leave the company rather than have them be laid off to collect severances. And you fire someone for speaking out about it. Embarrassing to the good people that are still there. And this, you know, tumbled into your typical Twitter flame wars back and forth, um, not going off on that, you know, really because that's just, you know, just people being angry on the internet, which nobody's ever angry on the internet about anything. No, never, but going never, back, ever. <laughs> yeah, going back to the original point, you know, just someone saying casually, oh, you should just spend another $3,000 a month on rent just to make it easier to get back in the office. That's like, 95% of the people cannot do that. It's like, I hate the excessive rent that I pay for my one bedroom, 600 square foot apartment. And it's a fraction of that cost. Hmm. Yeah. Um, America is expensive. Yeah, I've, I've heard stories like this before. Um, I can't remember which particular areas I know that you, you know, it too there. Um, yeah. how expensive, um, basically New York, Chicago, Miami to a point and then any big city in California. I think like five of the 10 most expensive cities to live in America are in California. Mm. Definitely San Francisco, definitely Los Angeles and San Diego, I think is another one. They're yeah. all just crazy expensive. Yep. Does sound like it from what you described there and what I've heard. So, um, anyway, anybody at unity, um, hopefully they get on their feet. You know, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, as we said, I think it was last week or the week before. Um, you do hear more regularly than usual about companies laying people off, unfortunately. Um, but we hope that those people land on their feet. So wherever that would would be. So, but um, yeah, very very expensive prices for uh, those sorts of things. Um, cool. What else did you want to talk about? Well, sticking with uh, layoffs, Intel is the latest tech company to prep people in advance for us to layoffs to be happening. They haven't announced numbers yet, but they did reduce their financials because uh, March was the end of the fiscal quarter. Mm -hmm. And so financials come out after that. Um, Intel released a grim set of financial results. It saw a loss of 2.8 billion, the largest of the company's history Add to that a massive 36% drop in overall revenue, which is what is prompting the rumors, which it's rumors because they haven't officially said it, but pretty much everybody knows it's coming for the layoffs. 
Um, Dylan Patel of Semi-Analysis tweeted out about major budget cuts coming out. Um, Intel did release a statement saying, Intel is working to accelerate its strategy while navigating a challenging macroeconomic environment. We are focused on identifying cost reductions and efficiency gains through multiple innovations, including some businesses and function-specific workforce reductions in areas across the company. Basically, budgets are getting slashed. People are getting laid off. Uh, Like I said before, there's no numbers. Um, When I do find an article that actually gives numbers about that, um, obviously we'll talk about it. But if you go back to some of the other stuff, you know, Meta crashed and burned apocalyptically, you know, tens of thousands of layoffs there. Uh, Amazon had five-digit layoffs as well. A couple other companies I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame when you have people in the top positions at companies that can't run a ship properly and end up... Well, uh... Intel is a chip maker, and I forget if I've talked about this on the podcast before. This is something that I had no knowledge of until about six months ago. Obviously, the computer chips are silicone-based chips, so the largest physical component of the chip is silicon. The second biggest physical component of the chip is neon. Mm-hmm. Ukraine. So, you know, you're a chip maker and you can't make chips. So, of course, your profits are going to be down. Your sales are going to be down. We're still seeing crazy prices for high-end graphics cards with even crazier scalping prices. I think some of the stuff on the top end is coming out like 2000 retail and then $2,500 on the scalper market. Um, so just crazy big numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um there we go with with that one. Uh, what else did you want to talk about this week? Uh, well, the last thing I have, and it is a good news, is that you know, despite everything, some people are still doing good. Capcom released its financial results at the end of March. Uh, the publishing finan- financial results was the sale of a forty-one point seven million games during financial year from March twenty twenty-three to March twenty twenty-two. With up, which is up from 32.6 million games. Now, these are games covering all IPs. So this is Resident Evil 4 Remake, Monster Hunter Rise, Sunbreak was two of the big performers. Um, uh, anything that was a Capcom IP is counted in that. So they uh, operating income for Capcom was up 18.4% from the previous fiscal year, and uh, ordinary income was up 15.9% from the fiscal year. So Capcom had a really darn good year. Um, this is good, yeah. Um, I think they've been making the right choices over the last, good, I say, good chunk of years. Um I think, that, I think what they're doing with it, and, you know, I might not be quite into what Resident Evil is doing, but I think their strategy for what they're doing with Resident Evil has been very, very smart. And what mm-hmm. that is, is, okay, remaster the beloved games while making new ones that are in a different style. Um, and, and the article does go into that. 
Because like I said, it was 41.7 million game sales. Only, according to the article, only 12.4 million of that was from new IPs. The bulk of it was from Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, the remakes, uh, and Resident Evil 4 remake. Mm. Yeah. Um, Also doing things like, you know, putting Resi 7 and 8 in VR, um, doing things like that. Um, So I I know they've got other franchises and stuff, but what they've been doing Resident Evil has been very, very smart. Um, And they're seemingly going to continue to do it. Um, I'd be very curious to see what they do um, if they choose to remaster or remake uh, Resi 5 or 6. Um, Resi 6 I'm not actually very familiar with at all, but apparently that's... like Resi 5 and 6 are sort of where the franchise took a bit of a bad turn and then 7 came back and was just you know new style first person all that kind of stuff um and hey if if you okay we want to go back take another stab at resi 5 and 6 maybe they're not so great games but that is why you go back and okay how how can we salvage this game make it into something you know better or more interesting um you remake it and you you change things you make things better and what you also do is you go through the resident evil 2 3 and 4 remake and i know Resi 2 to 6 have got like different thi- like like I said with the structure of let's say Resident Evil 2 as opposed to 4 um, even 3 is a bit different as well look back at some of the things you've done successfully there because that's been your remake remaster path and then see what you can do with 5 and 6 um, and you know the, it, it changed the game with 7 and 8 went first person obviously had the, the big woman that people liked the tall woman that people liked uh, so that was good fun and everything um, you can now look Lady at Master, her. Yeah. yeah, you can now look at her in first person in VR if that's something you'd like to do. Um, whether it be on VR two or Ocul- whatever whatever the VR platform be, uh, you can do that. Um, they're basically doing what Konami should have done ages ago. With I know they are doing um, Silent Hill two, um, but yeah, I, I think even a while ago, I think when. Resi 2 remake came out. I remember Jim on their channel, uh, Jim Sterling said like Capcom is on the on the path of doing what um, Konami won't, which is you know uh, okay you know Resident Evil made some mistakes in the past. Let's go back and re- remake these games and try try to do something with them. It, it, even if that thing doesn't work, at least you're trying to do something with them. And Konami yep. for the longest time has been like, nah, we'll just you know Castlevania and. Metal Gear, Silent Hill, these blood franchise. Now nah, we'll just leave them on a shelf. Pachinko machines will do. That'll do. Um, and Capcom yeah. has two big games coming up. One's an established IP in Street Fighter VI, yep. which is due out in June. Yep. And in July, Exo Primal is supposed to launch. Have you heard anything about that game? I think that's the first time I've heard that name, I think. Um, it's kind of hard to describe. Basically, you're in a mech suit... It's a co-op shooter game, and waves of waves of dinosaurs come through a portal. Hmm. So it's like half team-based, half... Uh, um, well, here's, here's the official description. The team-based multiplayer game has players running around in a mechanical mech suit, fighting waves and waves of dinosaurs that pour out of huge portals floating in the sky, gunning down thousands of raptors in a robot suit, Exo Primal is a thoughtful, cooperative shooter that puts a premium on teamwork and team composition to defeat all manner of prehistoric menaces, as well as some other players. Um, there's a lot of uh, um, 
you know, pre-testing that's been out going around for a while. Um, I think that's a game that will do well initially at the jump just out of sheer curiosity. Hmm. Um, I see a lot of streamers doing that game because I'm sure they'll get sponsorships. I've seen a few streamers do sponsorships for various games. Uh, They still do WoW sponsorships. Um, But yeah, I think that game, that'll pique a lot of interest when that comes out and people can really see what it's about. Nice, nice. Um, But yeah, Capcom, keep doing what you're doing, I think is the the message. I don't know what Resident Evil 9 will look like, but uh, as long as people enjoy it, then uh, that's good. Uh, Cool, you said that's what you got this week. Yep, that's the last one I got. Cool. All uh, right, let's move on to some feedback, some emails. We've got three this week. Uh, if you'd like to write into the show, let us know what you thought of anything we discussed. Uh, does the Call of Duty situation make any more sense to you than it does to me? I don't know. Uh, or anything else like that. Uh, MethodEntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, and there's information in your show notes. Zoe writes in, says, I've been listening to you all the way back from episode one. Uh, and I've seen the whole Entertainment Talk journey. However, I don't quite remember Rob's first episode. What other content creators would you like to do podcasts with? Okay, a few different things in there to answer. Um, yeah, quite quite the journey indeed that you've uh, you've been on. Of course, I've been on that journey as well because I was there the whole thing. Um, there is actually only one podcast on the site that doesn't have me on, which is you and David reviewing Good Omens. I remember that. Um, I need to go back and listen to the rest of that because I remember when the two of you first made it and you did a spoiler-free section and because I hadn't seen the show at the start, I listened to that. But now that I watched the show ages ago, uh, which has got a second season soon for some reason, mm-hmm. um, I should go listen to the second half of that because that was that was kind of curious. Um, what was Rob's first episode? Uh, if you go and find... shouldn't be too hard to find. Actually, in fact, if you go... A quick way you can find it, if you go on the website, entertainmenttalk.org, and if you click on special podcasts, uh, which is a pinned post at the top, not the top of the site, sorry, one of the, you have to scroll down a bit, it's one of the two that are pinned, um, find one that's called special podcasts, click on that, and it should say fi- something like five years of entertainment talk or something, and I went through, and obviously my first episode was the first episode anyway, uh, yours, Robert, Grays and Bex's first episode and episode count, obviously that episode counts different now, because that was two years ago, but... Because uh, I don't remember what the date of those was, and the notes for all that episodes on the old laptop. But um, I say all of that information anyway. So uh, if you want to find out everybody's first episode date and what the podcast was as well, because I sort of hunted all that information down, uh, you can check that out. Um, but yeah, I'm curious as to you know your experience of of that journey from a listener's you know standpoint and stuff, because uh, things have changed obviously. Um, I mean, your first episode was one of the gaming talks. I I, mm-hmm. I, remember, I remember that much. Obviously, we've done, like, you know, some CW stuff, some film reviews and that kind of thing. But, yeah. Um, what other content creators would you like to podcast with? Um, I'm going to get one very obvious thing out of the way in terms of that. Um, I don't need to name which channel because they're very easy to find anyway. For all of the channels that are doing the sort of complainy, everything is woke... Um, grift, what you'd call that. None of those people are welcome here on on this channel. They, you know, they continue to do what they do on their channels, and they can, you know, do do that over there. Um, that's you know, they're gonna do what they do. Um, but none none of those people are welcome here. 
Um, they also just like even if just for curiosity or whatever, I was like, let's say I turn around and said, oh yes, let's have one of them people from one of them channels on here. None of that conversation would go well anyway. We would just end up arguing with with that person because their worldviews are not very nice or good or helpful or, or anything it, it, it just wouldn't work at all and there's there's no point doing any of it not that i'd be able to get those people on here anyway and i wouldn't bother to try and i won't ever bother to try so just to get that out, that part of the, out of the way um people i'd like to do podcasts with um uh chris carr from john campier show she's a really nice person um who else would i like to do podcasts with i'd be very curious to get um uh daryl from uh geek town he does uh, hollywood north news dot net um we've actually never interacted with each other on any platform no particular reason we just haven't um i don't know why but he's 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 welcome here he's certainly welcome here he seems like a nice enough guy and everything we've just for some reason never interacted before um have you talked to him before at all you, you know who i'm talking about right yeah i know who you're talking about i haven't talked to him either okay um but yeah he's not a case where he's not allowed on here or anything he's he's more than welcome but uh yeah, him would be interesting to talk to. Um, my mind's going blank. Uh, people like Alana Pierce would be would be good. Um, any any of the people I've done for like month positive creators, obviously apart from David because he already is here anyway. Um, so whether it be Noisy Butters Hannah or if it's I'd even talk to you know any of the ASMR creators that I follow. Um, I'd love to talk to them about their whole you know um, how they do what they do and all that kind of stuff. Um, and some, you know, some of them do play you know, games and stuff. So, so does that. Um, to a any of those people, be yeah, a Chris, Chris Card, like to talk to. Um, who else do I watch on YouTube that I would? Um, do you have any people you'd like to? Um, not necessarily just for this podcast, or but just you know, in general. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of people I would love to get in on the podcast from the streamer side. Uh, some of the ones that I follow regularly. Uh, her name is Malula. I've talked about her a few times, mm -hmm. uh, mostly because she spent a lot of time working on the production end of TV, and now she's transitioning into video games. Um, some full-time streamers that make that as their living, uh, Cactus Snacks, uh, Cap00, a couple other people like that. On the YouTube side, uh, Captain Shacks at XP Gamer, um, A Squad Gaming. Uh, those are a couple of really interesting channels that do like theme stuff like captain shacks does like very very long form uh campaigns for games like you know warhammer 40k warhammer fantasy battle uh stellaris games like that to where it's not a game that you play for four or five hours and beat it's a game that you play in four or five hour sessions over the course of six months and they make you know hour-long content videos mm -hmm. um for that um, so those are people that I would love to have on the show just to get some insight from, you know, making that as your full-time job, how all that works kind of stuff. Plus, you know, then you got balancing sponsorships with the games that you still want to play yeah. and games that your audience is going to relate to and resonate with. So that's always a, an interesting thing. And there's a couple others that I would want to talk to, um, but I won't say they're controversial but they have strong opinions, and we try to keep things generally neutral around here. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I don't mind if someone's got a different opinion to me. It just depends if you want to make over-the-top stupid thumbnails and call everything woke. Like, 
what like you just they, they know exactly what they're doing those types of people um but yeah none of those are not only they're not welcome here there'd just be no point because like i don't even want to talk to those people but uh um yeah any of the people i've chosen from month positive creators um and that kind of stuff like for example if somebody like completely and utterly hates last of us 2 i'd be curious to, i might not enjoy that conversation but i'd be curious to see what they have to say um and i've like, said it, that i don't dislike it it just it never resonated with me mm-hmm. on the story level gameplay yeah. wise i'm perfectly fine with it it was it was a good game functionally and enjoyably gameplay wise just the story never sucked me in yeah um, yeah so uh, hopefully that answers that. Uh, Becky says, uh, as a trans woman, I just wanted to say thank you for speaking up and educating yourself. I also recently was able to change my name, ch- was able to change my legal name. Uh, congratulations on that. On to my question. We've had quite a few remakes, remasters recently, um, just like your lovely Dead Space. <laughs> my lovely Dead Space. <laughs> um, I only discovered the series about a, a couple of weeks ago, but I'll, I'll take it. Uh, however, what games do you think, and you've put in capitals, need this treatment? need the treatment um i would really like jack and dax the one two and three to get full remake remaster treatment because it still annoys me and it's me it's me that's made this choice but the choice annoys me that um from from basically crash bandicoot one right up until what was the newest game last of us part two i suppose last of us part one remake um i've loved every naughty dog game and it's just it it feels weird to me that I I don't dislike Jack and Dexter, De- Daxter. I just never clicked with them. And the one thing that really bugs me, because I've tried those games like five, six times. Um, of like, nope, you respect Naughty Dog, just play the games. And I'll play them for a couple of hours and they just they just don't it doesn't it just doesn't sort of work. Um the one thing that really, really annoys me about those is how slow Jack is in those games. Um, but if you could give that like Last of Us Part One treatment, I, I'd you know be more than happy to jump back in. But I just can't play the original versions of those games. It just doesn't click in my mind. And when I'm when I'm playing those, which are platformer games, I'm just thinking you've done this already, but better because you've done Crash Bandicoot. Um, so there's those. Um, one that because you asked about need, I'd I'd be very very curious to see what Konami would do with remaking Metal Gear Solid One because that game. I still stand by that the, even the PS1 versions of those games still stand up now and is still one of the greatest games ever made. Um, but that, that that doesn't fall into the category of needing to be remade because um, I still think those those games hold up. Would it? Could you make an even better version of those? Like, you know, with modern controls and stuff, maybe, but there's those. Um, I don't know, in terms of, like, absolutely need them because of the controls or some sort of, like, flaw... Um, Jack and Dax is the only one I can like properly think of. Um, cause yeah, as as good as Part One, Last of Us was, it didn't need it. Need it. They just wanted to use their newer technology, um, to make an old game even better. But you know, you go and play the 2014 remastered PS4 version of Last of Us One, and it's a great, it's a great game. Um, what about you? What games do you feel like need to be remade? Because like either like outdated controls or or something else. I don't think they really need need so much, but games that I would definitely love to see a remake or a, a modern HD current gen remaster of uh, definitely Crimson Skies, which is it was an OG Xbox 
a live game. It was a somewhat steampunky ish, yeah. you know, flight game shooter, yeah, like World War One era ish, but slightly more modern. It's also one of the very early first games that was Xbox Live compatible. Um, I'd love mm. to see a modern remake on that just because we don't get combat flight games all that often. We get like maybe one every three or four years. Um, maybe an HD remaster of Castlevania. I mean, as a you know, as an eight bit version, it's more than functional. And there have been some games that have kind of embraced that as a concept to make their own games. Uh, but like a proper, this is Castlevania one full HD remaster would be, would be kind of cool. I definitely want to see what they could do with that. Mm. Um, but there, there are games that are very, very similar in style and format to that. So I can understand why they might not want to do it. Also, it's a uh, Konami. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's some games like on the PS one and backwards, that because you didn't have like analog sticks and stuff like that um mm-hmm. like okay, if you if you include some analog controls and make things a little bit smoother i'm sure like there's games out there that could be better um but i noticed choose two examples if you look at the siphon filter games and if you look at metal gear solid the aiming design there was you're going to be stood on the spot you'll aim down the sights unless you want to hip fire or whatever and you'll aim in first person but you won't be able to move while you aim you'll be able to lean but you won't be able to move because there's only one directional control which is the which was the d-pad at the time um so that the, the w- one of the ways you could improve a game like i'm sure this applies to other series but games that games that are third person but when you aim in like you aim down the sights it turns into a singular movement controlled first person game if you were to do that, but have it so that, okay, you can move left and right with the right stick and simply move with the right... Sorry, you can move the the body of the player, of the character, sorry, with the left stick and aim with the right stick, that would help a game like Siphon Filter or Metal Gear. But they weren't necessarily designed with that in mind. So if you were going to make, like, one actual improvement to, uh, Metal, let's say, Metal Gear Solid 1, it, it would be that. That would be... It would make it more convenient, but the game doesn't need it, need it. Because um, one one of the ideas with, let's say, Siphon Filter, is okay. Put yourself just standing slightly on the corner, aim down in first person, and lean around the corner, and then aim with that. Because you lean with R1 and L1 depending on which side, and that's your kind of peek in and out of cover mechanic. That's that's how that sort of worked. As opposed to, let's say, if you're playing Uncharted and you, I was gonna say wirelessly. That's not the right word to use. Um, you can freely crouch, let's say, behind something, and then use L2 to aim, use R2 to shoot, but then move Nathan with the left stick and aim with the right stick. It's just a different movement thing. Um, so if you add that to those sort of games, but that that wouldn't really need like a full, I don't know, would you need to remaster it for that or just add controls? I don't know how that would work, but uh, something like that. Because uh, honestly, if, if, if they ported or had the, you know, the PS Classics thing, come through and you add Metal Gear Solid 1, I'd happily play that again. I think it's a very, very good game. So, uh, anyway, what was you about to say? Oh, nothing. I was, I had, I muffled a cough. That's what all it was. Oh. I honestly, outside of those two games, I really can't think of anything else yeah. off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, if you take a game like, say, Bubsy 3D, <laughs> which is like one of the worst games I've ever seen, 
you'd need to like redo major parts of it for that game to be good because I'm sure they could be a good game in there but you'd need to like fix all the camera controls make the graphics a lot better because you can barely see what you're doing in that game and like modernize it uh, also change the music to not have the annoying music every you know constantly going um, but that would need more than that but yeah, the one that would stick out that I'd, I'd really like to play is some kind of remake remaster of Jack and Daxter 1, 2 and 3 so uh, but yeah, congratulations on being able to change your uh, legal name. It's good to hear about something good happening happening in the, the trans world. Um, so yeah, that's good. Uh, um, and then Jack finishes off the emails saying, um, My face absolutely lit up hearing you praise Dead Space, because he was the one that wrote in uh, when I first mentioned I was playing it. And um, said, you know, because I, I think I, I think when I first talked about it on the podcast, I've only played like a couple of hours. And I said, OK, it's really, really good. We'll see where this goes. And then we know how much I like it now. Uh, face lit up, uh, hearing you praise Dead Space, both on the second week and definitely in your review. Cheers with an exclamation mark. Um, yeah, it, that, that was such a really nice experience because it was never me thinking, oh, I doubt Dead Space is as good as what everybody said. I just wanted to play it properly and not on like my old Xbox One that, you know, just I just didn't want to play. I, I use that for TV stuff now, basically, and I use my Series X for playing actual games. Obviously, this was on the PS5 anyway. So um, as soon as we heard about the remaster, I thought, OK, this this will be my chance to go in there and play it properly. Um, but it was just because um, those first few hours was like, OK, that's good. This is a good start. Like it's I, I can see it being that sort of masterpiece I've heard about, and then just got more and more into it, more and more into it, and I was just more and more impressed as I went through. Um, I think what you mean by second week is after I played. Because I think, yeah, that first week when I talked about it was like the first couple of hours. Then the week afterwards where I played like a bunch more and I'd called it a masterpiece. And then I finished it very, very soon, or around about that time, which was last week when I when I finished the game. So... Um, any other thoughts on anything Dead Space related? Uh, I haven't played any of the game. I'm not a big horror genre fan of any medium, uh, movies or TV or video games. A lot of that stems that from the fact that I got dragged to the go to movies when I was eight years old and it was Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Oh. An eight-year-old should not be watching Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. No. No. Um... I have nothing against the game. Uh, I know it did very well sales-wise. I know it's been praised for both the original and the remake. It's cool that it's out there. It's cool. People love it. Just not a game I feel like I need to play. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just... Because it, it was... Because I, I described on the podcast of like, okay, this is what I knew about Dead Space before I played, which was, okay, they got limb-based enemies... You have a plasma cutter, and you put those two things together, and it's a horror game, and you play as a guy in a suit, and that was that was all I knew. So going through that was uh, very very cool. Um, so yeah, if I can't remember the name of the devs off the top of my head, but yeah, if you want to go and do Dead Space Two, and then seemingly drastically change Dead Space Three, which didn't work at all, um, I'm here, I'm ready. Um, so there we go. Alright, that's what we've got for you for this week's episode of Gaming Talk. Um, we'll be back next week with whatever else happens. Um, apparently, uh, I kept hearing today and I think yesterday that there's a date floating around for PlayStation Showcase. It's not confirmed. Yeah, like May 25th. May is what 25th I heard. was what, yeah, was what I heard, which is next Thursday. 
I think because it's the same day we played Chelsea, which I believe is yeah, the, two yeah. Thursdays, uh, two weeks away from today. Two weeks. Today's the eleventh, so the twenty fifth is in two weeks. Okay, let me have a look at something. Um, I know that because twenty ninth is a bank holiday, so. Oh, All right. and it's a Monday. So we've got Wolves on Saturday, which is the 13th. Our Bournemouth is... Oh, we don't play midweek next week either. That's weird. And then the 25th. Right, so there's another week in between that and now. Because I, I had it in my mind this week. of like, oh, next week's the 25th for some reason. And we play Chelsea and that's happening on the same day. Which if they're both on the 25th, it would be the same day anyway. Um, yeah, strange stuff. Uh, so yeah, we got Wolves, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Fulham, and then Man City in the cup final. And that will be that. Uh, and that's that for um, this week's Gaming Talk episode. Thank you all very much for joining us. Um, you can, if you'd like to, find more of our content on entertainmenttalk.org and podcast platforms Entertainment Talk for TV, games, films, main night podcast. Take a look out for that. Um, there won't be an episode tomorrow. There will be um, the game review on Saturday because we've got Wolves and then hopefully be able to see Guardians on sunday i would have almost been able to see it on saturday but the showing that i found finished at two something and we kick off at three and i just wasn't confident that i'd be home in time i also didn't want to see a film come home watch football and then just try to figure out which podcast to do first so uh there was there was that but i'll spread them out a bit guardians should be on sunday football on saturday and then um Head last on Wednesday or Tuesday, depending on how you look at that. Anyway, entertainmenttalk.org, podcast platforms, entertainment talk, TV, games, films, and main podcast. Take a look at that if you'd like to do so. Uh, you can also tell other people about what we do, either just tell them or use social media. Choose what you'd like to do from that. Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers, add free podcast review options. Look at that as well if you'd like to. Uh, TV and film news, Geek Town Radio from two days ago. Uh, Tuesday with, with Grey, uh, through TV and the Film News, Geek Town Radio, geektown.co.uk. That's run by David, who we mentioned earlier. That's also where you can hear Daryl, who we mentioned earlier, once every four to six weeks, however that sort of goes. Because um, he's got me, you, Daryl, Bex, Grey. Those, mm-hmm. those are the five of us, yeah, that, that are sort of rotating. So, yeah, you'll hear, you'll hear a different one of us each week over there. But Geek Town Radio, geektown.co.uk. It's also that sort of renewals, pickups time, um, cancellations. And David also talks about the writer's strike at the moment, if you want to hear more about that. Uh, Bex, who we mentioned, you can find her streaming very regularly over on Twitch. Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, Retro Chat Game and other streams. Um... So that's her, me for the FIFA streams between, let's say, Monday and Wednesday, although I did last week's one on Saturday. Uh, eTalk UK over there for those different streams for the FIFA career mode. Uh, it's going relatively well at the moment. If you miss any of those episodes or the game clips, I need to remember to put some game clips up. I've got, like, 30 maybe to, to put up. Uh, but, um, yeah, Entertainment Talk plays over on YouTube for all that stuff. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Okay,